share with you before I get into the reading. So <laughs> I wake up about 3.30. I'm, I'm in one of those zones where I'm back bouncing between um, the couch and the bed, but I'm in the bed and I remember seeing 2.30. So this dream must have happened very shortly within the, the hour. So I don't even know that I was fully asleep sleep because when I woke up at 3.30, um, I had had a really not good gambling dream and usually I don't remember you know a whole lot of details but in this particular dream I had hit for um I had hit for I don't know some jackpot it it had to be hand paid that's the part I remember and of course you know dreams are wacky like the situation was I was on vacation with people and I feel like my relatives were part of those people. Um, my mother, I can't remember exactly, but so I go to get this hand pay and they don't pay me in money. They pay me in these big, heavy, like they look like um, hubcaps, but they're, but they're heavier and cumbersome and not spendable. Um, And I throw a temper tantrum, you know, at the casino and I get all the staff in a ruckus. And in the meanwhile, I leave my sweatshirt behind. And it's an important sweatshirt. Polly gave it to me. It says beautiful number one, which is part of why I call you guys beautiful people because you're beautiful number ones too. You just have to fight for the title like me, mom, and Kylie do. Anyway, um... So I leave my sweatshirt. Um, I have all the management at the casino upset with me. They still won't give me money, though. They make me leave with these hubcaps. They're just trying to get me off the property, and I wouldn't leave without the sweatshirt. Always completely obnoxious. And then they end up getting me to um, <laughs> this, this like, golf cart-looking thing that was really an, an old boat from the owners of a company that I worked for in Kansas City. Like, it was, it was just bizarre. So I wake up from that and I'm a little stressed if I'm being honest and I want a cigarette now or a cigar. I want to smoke. I want to smoke. It's my very first thought. I want a cup of coffee and I want to smoke and I'm feeling the urges. Now it's, it's kind of, um, kind of funny that last night I'm talking about accountability and accountability groups and how they can help us. So I put my lighter in my pocket and I drive to the store and all the way to the store, I'm thinking I should check in with my accountability group and tell them I'm having these urges on the way over and that, you know, by checking in, chances are I probably won't buy any um, little cigars. And I, I knew that the urge wouldn't really last that long. And all the voices in my head were seeing. Some were saying the good things and some were saying the bad things. But I know I know the deal, right? Like I know what an urge looks like. I know how to be lazy and succumb to it. And that's how I feel about it for me is that if I give in, I'm being lazy and I'm not doing the work to get through it. And 
you know, I'm having this whole inner dialogue, you know, do I record? Do I not? Whatever. Well, I get in the store and there's a young lady there that, um, she just really, I don't know. She just makes my day when she's working. She's, she's kind and sweet and she's just such a hard worker. And I think I've talked about her before on the show, but I, I enjoy seeing her and I haven't seen her in a while. And now mind you, it's three thirty in the morning. So I'm the only person in the store. Then in comes another customer. Well, it's someone that I know. Uh, he actually used to own a bar that I used to frequent. And, you know, I say good morning to him and all that good stuff. And the last time I had seen him in this store, he had told me how he lost his mother and his brother the same year. I believe it was last year or the year before. And um, it it it's like, okay, you know, I remember his brother. He was... He was heavy set. I believe he smoked cigars. Like I could, I, I that's how I picture it. And um, I'm like, I said out loud to them, I was like, you know, I've been struggling with. I want to buy smokes. And I get up to the thing, and I was like, well, since you're both here, I probably shouldn't or I won't. And I look, and the spot where my smokes usually are are not there. And I say out loud, "Thank you, universe," because I was really struggling getting past this one this morning. So I'm very grateful that the the way that this all panned out. Oh, and by the way, on the way to the store, uh, I have like 2,000 songs in my phone. And the one that it picked out was this song called Stand by Poison. And the verses, the lyrics are something to the effect of stand up for what you believe in. So as those voices were going in my head on the way to the store, um, that's where the conflicting message was coming in. Come on, Bobby, you know better. Bobby, don't do this. Bobby, practice what you preach. That's part of your thing. You know, like that's really important to you. That's one of your values. Are you going to give it up for, you know, for your cigarette, for your addiction? So I, I just know that this was what the voices in my head and what the scenario looked like when I was gambling as well. So a couple points there. Yeah, gambling dreams still happen. They happen you know, they can happen a day away from a bet or a year away from a bet, whatever. They still happen. Um, I think that they decrease in frequency as time goes on, but I still get them. And it snowballed into this other, you know, like true stress this morning. And I'm just so grateful that I got past it and that I have an opportunity to share a, you know, a moment with you guys that this is, this is the reality. It's, it's still hard every day. It's still hard. And, uh, some days harder than others. And this morning was a little bit of a rough start, but I'm really trying to get dialed back into having a a good morning routine and, you know, I don't want to set the tone for my day to be shitty and stressed. I have a lot of good stuff going on today. It's a busy day, but a lot of good stuff. So I want to stay in that that frame of mind. So here goes. How about the reading now? <laughs> Everything's got a moral if only you can find it, says Lewis Carroll. We must make many choices in our recovery. Some of these will strengthen our character, for they will be hard to make and sometimes even harder to accept. One of the most meaningful sayings in our program is, let go and let God. We understand its true meaning when we are faced with adversity and we feel needlessly hurt. 
If we are to let go of a problem, we must feel in our hearts that no matter what the outcome, our higher power has a special purpose for us. We may not be able to see the purpose now, but if we let our higher power guide us, we will be guided down the right path. If we do our best to detach from our pain and try to see a more peaceful future, we will, sec- we will feel secure in God's hands. Given this security, we'll be free to direct our energy towards positive, healthy choices that will bring us more of the happiness we deserve. Today, help me let go and let God, even when it hurts. I feel very, very blessed to have had this miserable last year. <laughs> It's it's been it's been tough ever since I left Wisconsin last June. It's been it's been tough. And it's it's had its highs and its lows. But from going from that drama to you know so much loss in 2020, loss of people, loss of perceived freedom, loss of my you know, plans, so much loss that I've really come to, I've come to peace with all of these things have happened for a reason. Like, I just feel really good about that. I couldn't have changed the outcomes or the situations per se. And I'm so content and so grateful for all of these experiences along the way. I'm not grateful that people, well, I kind of am. I'm, I'm, I don't want to say I'm not grateful that people passed away, but I'm, I'm grateful for the lessons I learned from some people passing away. And I'm grateful for being able to feel the feelings as chaotic as they were for Bob and um, as, as sad and, you know, I felt guilt when my grandmother died that I wasn't a good granddaughter. And, you know, I would have never felt those things. Or if I did, I wouldn't know how to identify them and acknowledge them and use them to be better as I go forward. You know, what I've, what I've learned is I can do a better job in my relationships and with people. So that's, uh, that's what I'm going to, take from that and that's what I think that this message today is is talking about it's talking about it more in the heat of the moment which yes it's harder to do I feel like once you have the aha moment though or you see some examples right if we're if we're proof driven or fact driven we want to see examples that this works, that the pain was worth it, the experience was worth it, the shit was worth it. Like what good could come out of this? And in my in the classes that I'm taking, they're always saying, take your mess and turn it into a message. And that's what I'm trying to do, right? My mess is gambling and addiction and how I perceived myself and all kinds of just stuff you know, dealing with so much death in general throughout my whole life. Um, I have, I have things to share with you. So I'm turning my mess into a message and I'm grateful for all those experiences now because I think that it position positions me better to help others that are struggling and hopefully they don't have to go through all that 
all the fight, you know, hopefully some of my experience can help them get through to the other side. But the biggest piece that I don't know that is teachable because it has to come like from within is seeing that all of it has purpose and that it is part of our greater plan and who we become and, and part of our, I don't want to say our story in the context of how we use story in the rooms, but it becomes part of us versioning up. If, if we, well, even if we don't, uh, specifically intentionally try to turn it into a lesson, it's going to be a lesson. Something of value is going to come out of it. You know, my biggest takeaway from my last relationship was I know I became a better partner or person. Like I developed, well, I had to work on it because I don't really generally put myself in the bucket of a whole lot of empathy, but I developed a little bit better empathy and my communication skills were sharpened and my tolerance, I got to sort through what that looks like, what it looked like with this relationship and what it'll look like for my next relationships. You know, I, my next guy could be a serial killer, for example, but some of the shit I learned last time, they won't get as far as being able to kill me because I'll have been dialed in. And from what I've learned, not that my, the last guy was a serial killer, but what I'm saying is there's certain attributes and feelings. Like when your gut is telling you something, I'm going to be tuned in more to my gut. Um, and I, I'll, when I have those voices in my head, like the ones that were trying to get me to buy smokes this morning, I'm going to be able to win those voices in my head because I I have this experience, these, these things that were perceived negative that really could help me in the future. So a lot of, a lot of, um, angst and, and negative feelings that, you know, most of the stuff we're working on is symptoms of relapse. Those aren't positive, happy-go-lucky feelings, right? They're negative, gross, deflating feelings. And once we let go of the worry and know that the shit has its purpose, those negative feelings, the, the shit feelings, either are duller or maybe non-existent at all if we have that peace and going, okay. This is happening for a reason. I can say it so easily. So many of my friends that have lost their jobs in the last few years, you know, um, my company had done layoffs, I guess it was like six or seven years ago now. And um, I remember thinking, well, these, these folks have a shot. And after it was all said and done, you know, through the years, they, they have different um, positions that they're happy in. I think everybody had a happy ending or, you know, a different version and, and got value out of not working there anymore. And now whenever any of my friends are in a situation like that, I'm like, listen, this is badass. You have an opportunity. You might have been forced into the opportunity, but you have an opportunity and something really special is going to come out on the other side. And when we frame it that way, it becomes, it just becomes more tolerable and life's a little better. And I'm going to, I'm going to pick on my mother for a minute because I was telling her we were talking about stuff yesterday. And of course she worries, she worries about everything. And I said to her, I said, yeah, I just did a, a show on worry. 
And she's like, about me? And I was like, well, <laughs> I was like, if it applies, but it wasn't driven towards her. I think we did a daily reading on it or something. So shout out to mom. If you if you didn't hear my message <laughs> this morning, uh, it's saying that we're in gets us nowhere. I wish I could uh, embed the song. Don't worry. Be happy. Everybody remember that. I think I'm going to play that. I think I'm going to go look that up on Amazon right now. All right, beautiful people. I hope that you have the most fantastic day. If you're in a in a position to where you're like a Monday through Friday kind of person, you know, let's count our blessings that it's a short week. <laughs> I know I am. And yeah, let's just enjoy the day.